Hello and welcome to NL Full Time. It's episode, well, somewhere between 350 and 400 now. One of these days we'll have to add it up, but we've been averaging 50 a season for the last uh, seven years or so. Um, I'm Rob Worrell and joining me today to discuss all the midweek and weekend action is Off The Line Blogs' Joe Pope. Hi, Joe. Hi, Rob. Nice to be back on the podcast. Uh, like us in the commentary box today, just the two of us. Obviously, we've got Luke on standby. But, nice uh, and cosy. Yeah. Nice and cosy, although Luke is in the background, but I think he's now gone off for a snooze because he knows what we're going to talk about. But uh, <laughs> um, just the two of us there, nice and cosy. Joe, let's start with some breaking news as we record this Sunday afternoon. Um, and I'm going to quote you from a press release that came from the Laithwaite. Woking Football Club can today confirm the appointment of Michael Doyle as first team manager. He signed a contract until the end of the 24-25 season and will take his first training session with the team on Monday. After an exhaustive managerial search, which included interviewing numerous candidates with impressive CVs, Michael Doyle was the unanimous choice of our selection committee, said Woking Chief Executive John Katz. Michael is a serial winner and will bring that enthusiasm with him to the changing room and the dugout. We had the option to be safe or be bold, and we took the decision to be bold with this appointment. Michael is a young, ambitious and dynamic manager, and our decision to be bold represents what this club needs to regain, ambition and dynamism. We believe in his track record of success in the Football League, how he wants this Woking team to play and his plan to move the club forward. So in their own words, Joe, a bold appointment. But have Woking played their cards right? Um, I think it's certainly certainly bold. Um, There's obviously a lot of experienced managers that they could have turned to in this situation. Uh, but they have taken a risk, um, and I like it. You know, obviously they have enough confidence in the squad that they've assembled there that they can have the opportunity of, of going with a younger manager. Um, and yeah, Michael Doyle, um, he's worked under a lot of good managers in his own right. Um, Mark Robbins, uh, Paul Cook, uh, Simon Grayson. So he's worked under some good managers, and you would assume that he's probably going to take that into uh what he does in, as a manager himself. Um, obviously, the fact that he was a very good player doesn't always translate into him being a good manager. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he's been in and around good football teams um, and mm. he was a good captain himself. So, yeah, yeah I like good it. captain. Yeah, I, I, I like it. It's a risk. Um, but I, I, I do think there's enough in that Woking team to stay up anyway. So, uh, might as well be bold and try and push the boat out. So, I like it. Yeah. Looking at some of the feedback to the news on Twitter, I think it's gone down pretty well. I've only met Michael Doyle once and uh, I was impressed in the chat I had with him when he was at uh, Notts County. He's been a captain, he's been a leader of men. So, you know, it's perhaps not such a bigger step into management than it is for some footballers. So all the best to uh, Woking going forward then. We'll uh, come back to them in a little while. But right now, we're going to turn our attentions now briefly to midweek and four of our National League sides had the opportunity to progress in the FA Cup. Um, sadly, three of them bowed out. Scarborough were reinstated and given a second chance against Forest Green. Uh, they battled well but lost 4-2. Uh, 
Barnet were well beaten, in fairness, by uh, four goals to one by uh, Newport County. who have got a pretty impressive record um, in the FA Cup as well in recent years. And Alfreton battled bravely at Walsall, but uh, ultimately succumbed to the six-minute goal that they conceded. And the only goal of the two tyres. Um, terrific effort from Alfreton. Um, Joe, quick word from you on any of those three? Yeah, um, just, you know, I think Alfreton can, can really hold their head up high. I wasn't expecting their game to be a, a thriller. Um, Billy Heath's got a reputation of keeping their games quite close. And, uh, yeah, just a shame that they uh, couldn't bounce back from conceding that early goal. But uh, good effort nonetheless. And that left Aldershot Town uh, on Wednesday, whose task looked perhaps stiffer than all the others as they travelled to Edgeley Park to take on League Two leaders, Stockport County. Um, however, an 88th-minute goal from Ollie Scott got the job done for the shots and they became just the fourth National League side to progress to the third round of the FA Cup this year, although that is one above the average. Thank you for that stat, Mr Phil Annette's FA Cup fact file. Um, after the game, I caught up with the shots captain on the night, Kean Harris. You reap the rewards of the hard yards that you put in, which is away from a match day when there's no cameras, when there's no one watching, the lads gym in their own time. Um, the, the amount of effort that people put into to, um, to just a 90-minute game uh, during the week is, is, is unbelievable. And, um, yeah, like I said, you reap your rewards in the end. The side obviously came into the game with a bit of momentum, a bit of confidence, but that's not enough on its own. You've got to be organised against a side, you know, like Stockport. Yes, they may have just stumbled a little bit of late themselves, but they've got a lot of quality in that side. Um, so, how much of of what the side are achieving is is down to the confidence and the momentum, and how much of it is down to just how organised you are and how how uh, you know good the messages are from the management team? It's both. It's a mixture of both. Um... The messages that are getting given to us are messages that give us a chance and a platform to go and win, and then it's down to the players to to act them messages out and to find a way. We don't work on long throw-ins, and we've just scored in the last minute from a long throw-in, which is you know, not a message we've been given. It's players using instinct. their their initiative, their instinct to go and to go and find a way to win a football match and um, like you said, we're riding the crest of a wave at the minute and you are sometimes just waiting for the next the next blip in football um, and that can, that can be around the corner, but we'll enjoy it while it's here because football's tough. And sadly for Aldershot Town, uh, Kean Harry's was spot on and uh, the next blip was just around the corner. But they will come, uh, we'll come to that in just a little while. Um, Joe... I believe you watched the game or the highlights at least. Um, you know, how impressive on the night were all the shot town? Yeah, I mean, they were full value for, for the win. Um, what I thought was nice was that while the, the usuals, the likes of your Tolages and the Stokes has played OK, um, it was actually a player that we've not really seen a lot of in Ollie Scott that got the winner. Um, and another one that Tommy Richardson and Jamie Hedges brought in during the summer. 
Um, so, uh, yeah, a, a really good win for them. I don't think uh, Matt Gray and Sutton will be thanking uh, older shoppers. Uh, they got the full wrath of Stockport on Saturday, getting pumped 8-0. So, uh, but, yeah, great for them to get through and to keep Stockport out to a clean sheet as well on the road. Um, so, yeah, really good win for them and into the next round. Yeah, um, for only the third time in the club's history. And that means that uh, in early January, um, I'll look forward to, to travelling to the Hawthorns, somewhere that I haven't been since uh, Brian Robson played for West Brom. That's long before he joined Manchester United. I think it was a two-all draw between West Brom and uh, Liverpool, who just happened to be my favourite uh, Premier League team. Uh, I mean, I was a kid growing up in the late 70s, early 80s. It was always going to happen, wasn't it? Anyway, elsewhere, midweek, Altrincham, Gateshead and Western Supermare progressed in the FA Trophy. Um, perhaps, Joe, Western Supermare's victory coming from behind against uh, the cards of Woking that we mentioned before uh, was, was perhaps the most eye-catching. Yeah, um, the fact that Woking went 2-0 in front, um, you would have assumed it would have been sort of plain sailing from there. But Western Supermare, a good side, really well coached by Scott Bartlett and um, obviously got a goal back just after the restart and two goals in the, the final 10 minutes uh, from Dale Grubb, a player that's uh, played high before, really good player. Uh, his his second goal coming in the 94th minute to, to get them through. But uh, yeah, really good uh, win. Obviously, you also have to give a mention to Gates as well with their massive win at Rochdale, hitting five on the road for them. Uh, really good win. Absolutely. A terrific win for Gateshead in the week. We'll find out how they get on on Saturday shortly. But uh, still back in midweek. In the north, there were wins for Chorley, Buxton, Gloucester and Banbury. And in the south, there was just one game in midweek. But it was a significant one, Joe, wasn't it? For having and Waterlooville. Yeah, um, as we come on to sort of discuss uh, about yesterday's game, haven't seemed to have uh, put a little run of results together. Um, they finally seem to have found a manager that the players want to play for, it seems. Um, and they got a big win uh, against the Hemel side that they probably would have been pinpointing as one they could win. Uh, two goals for them, Harvey Jewett, Wyatt, formerly of Portsmouth, and uh, a goal from Sion Spence. Uh, formerly of Kings Lynn, uh, 2-0 win there. And uh, yeah, they seem to have turned a little bit of a corner now, but within a couple of points of uh, getting themselves out of trouble. Moving on to Saturday's games then, the top two in the National League both won, which means that Chesterfield uh, remain eight points clear of Bromley with two games in hand. For Chesterfield, they got it done 1-0 away from home um, against John Askey's Hartlepool. Uh, Armando Dobra with an early goal there got the win and Bromley also won away from home but it was much more hard fought as Southend with just one named sub battled on bravely even after keeper David Martin got injured and your pal Gus Scott Morris went in goal and actually kept a clean sheet while he was uh, between the sticks didn't he Joe but uh, uh, sadly for Southend it, it, it was defeat uh, another terrific gutsy win for uh, for Bromley um, and just your take on the top two uh, on Saturday. Yeah, um, you know, it's a shame for Southend. Um, I think we saw the sort of first chink in the armour, shall we say, for Kevin Mayer, who was really disappointed after the game. Not so much for the way his players played, but for the, the fact that they, you know, only had uh, one sub. And then, you know, when your chips are down, you then lose your goalkeeper. 
Um, so, yeah, for them to get a goal back, um, they were 2-0 down at that point, but to get a goal back and uh, push Bromley close, uh, he'll be really pleased with the uh, the spirit and application of his team, um, who continue to run through brick walls for him. As for Bromley, really good win. Um, you know, they seem to really have got their, their act together this year, um, really improved on last. They were good last year, but gone to another level this year and and as for Chesterfield a bit of an uncharacteristic win for them really we've we've come to know Chesterfield as a free scoring team uh, you know lots of goals really exciting uh, but that was perhaps a, a different type of win early goal from Armando Dobra as you say uh, and a 1-0 win um, John Askey's a good manager and it would have been a hard game it's always tough against John Askey teams and uh, yeah perhaps had to roll their sleeves up in that one and, and grind out a win uh, but they they did it um, as you would expect, and I think it's what eight point lead at the the top now that they've got with two games in hand. So uh, I really don't see anybody uh, even causing Chesterfield any problems uh, in the second half of the season. Well, Barnet lost a little bit of ground. They looked on course for um, a victory that would have ended a, a pretty barren run for Dean Brennan's men, thanks to uh, Nicky Kabamba's forty seventh minute goal. Uh, his 14th in the National League this season. But uh, Ebbsfleet, who've been struggling themselves, got themselves back in it uh, thanks to a, a Coca own goal just 10 minutes from time. Um, it'll be a frustrating point for Barnet Joe and uh, um, a relief one for Ebbsfleet. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a good point for Ebbsfleet. Obviously, they have struggled of late, but uh, to get a point against Barnet, even if they have uh, hit a bit of poor form, um, that's a good point for Dennis Kutrieb. Um As for Dean Brennan, he'll be very disappointed that they couldn't see it out. Um, you know, they 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 love scoring goals so much. They decided to help the opposition out and score one for them. Um, but uh, yeah, a good point for Ebbsfleet. Not so much for Barnet, but it does put that little losing run to an end for for Barnet. Yeah, I've not seen the goals yet, so I can't comment on the own goal, whether it was a spectacular one or one that was, uh, you know, one of those own goals that, you know, where a defender sort of puts his body on the line and it deflects it. You know, so I, I really don't know. I haven't had the time. I've been too busy delivering other people's Christmas to uh, watch the goals just yet. But um, Altrincham were just the third and only other team in the top seven uh, to win on Saturday. Um, they got it done. Relatively late on, 2-1 against AFC Fylde. And you could say it was Altrincham 2 filed one or you could say, Joe, it was Chris Con-Clark 2 filed one And the guy just continues to weave his magic, doesn't he? Um, he's almost a shoe-in for the National League team of the season uh, and we're, we're only halfway through it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was in our... Um halfway team of the season and off the line um, and he's just been fantastic I think if you'd have said to anybody that there would be one player that scores twice for Altrincham yesterday then your money would have been on him and uh, yeah two good goals um, to, to turn that one around of and been 1-0 down uh, Barrett had given Fold the lead but uh, yeah Chris Conclark you can't keep him out of the headlines and uh, gets them another good win Yeah so Altrincham up to fourth with 38 points it's Five points behind Barnet, who are third. Um, but then from Altrincham down in fourth place, there's just uh, there's just five points down to eleventh uh, place. So what you've effectively got there is eight teams battling for the four playoff positions. 
more of them to cover shortly. Uh, Solihull Moors, well, they began the day on 37 points and, and ended it too, uh, thanks to uh, a victory for ever-improving Oldham at Damson Park. Um, and uh, our very own Dickie Wharton was there to witness it. Yeah, it was very much a case of goals changing games at the uh, Solihull versus Oldham game on Saturday. Solihull had led this game um, with a goal from Mark Beck touching in um, from close range after good work by Josh Kelly. And Kelly looked like Solihull's most likely man to produce on the day. Oldham didn't really get to grips with him in the first half. And no, um, Mickey Mellon wasn't entirely happy with the Oldham performance, there was some a few boos for the team when they went off at half-time. Not a, a, an awful lot, I have to say. Almost 600 Oldham fans there. Um, <clears throat> yeah, but they didn't look to be the happiest of campers in the first half. But that all turned around in the second half. Josh Stones signed on loan from Wigan Athletic only on Friday. He was pitched straight in for his debut. He equalised in the 63rd minute of the game. And within two minutes, it all turned around. That goal just seemed to spark Oldham. There was a lot more hunger about them. All of a sudden, they were they were hunting down the ball more, and and they they certainly looked very dangerous on the counter attack. And it was a counter attack that got them their second goal. Nathan Sheeran sweeping in a lovely goal um, when a low ball was played in from the right hand side. Solil were rather um, windswept by that. I have to say, they just didn't seemed to really know how to get back into the game by that it really knocked them back on their heels and then Sheeran added a third a little later into the game to make it safe Kelly did convert a penalty late on for Solihull I don't think Mickey Mellon is especially pleased about that either I think I saw both managers kicking over water bottles in their technical areas during the game which suggested neither was thrilled with the performances they saw but obviously Mickey Mellon was the happier of the managers when I spoke to him afterwards Mickey Mellon, Oldham Athletic Manager, I think I've had to sum that one up. I'd say goals change games and those two goals in the second half switched it around completely, didn't they? I think you would have to say half-time changes games. Um, we, were, we, were a, we were a pale shadow of the team that we want to see playing at an intensity in that first half that's not acceptable for an Oldham team. But to be fair to the players who got the second half and they, they, they show more of the qualities that's needed to try and get results um, in the National League at tough places like, like Solly Hull. And we, we, we got what uh, rewards in the end we are, we're a fantastic one. It looked like the intensity, yeah. the hunger really sort of like went up a notch or two. Well, it had when to. Goals went in. It couldn't go any lower. I'll be honest with you, we were so disappointed in the first half. Second half, everybody sort of raised, raised it to levels that we know that they're capable of. And um, we scored some cracking goals and uh, we get a great victory. You're just, I think, just three points behind the playoff places now, so clearly you're, you're looking upwards. Well, um, for a team like Oldham, that's got to be the. That's got to be what we've got to try and achieve. We're a big, big football club. Um, we're building towards being the, the Oldham team that we all want to see more and most of the time, but we still should have enough um, here to, to go and challenge uh, that playoff zone. So we just keep our heads down, keep working hard, and keep trying to chip away at that gap. Would you see January being a busy time, possibly? Um, we're always on the lookout for players, but listen, we, we, if, if somebody came along that we thought that would, would help us to uh, in our quest to become that Oldham team that we want to be then we would uh, do all we can to try and bring them. Sure. Um, and a nice result for your chairman who's busy yeah. driving across the Atlantic. Oh, he's some man. That, yeah, that, that might have up his stroke rate. Um, <laughs> I think at half time I think he would have either thrown the anchor over the side and thought what was going on but certainly in the second half we'll uh, hopefully we'll f- We've, uh, we've got Frank gone again and Frank will now be rolling at full steam ahead now and ploughing across that uh, Atlantic doing a fantastic work for charity. That was Mickey Mellon and um, 
I've been quoted a few times as saying that I really do think Oldham will come on strong in the second half of the season. And Joe, they're now within uh, three points of the playoffs and uh, you wouldn't bet against them making them. No, I, th- I think I said two weeks ago that I, I fully expect Oldham to get into the playoffs and um, haven't really fired on all cylinders since Mickey Mellon's got, uh, come in there, but they, they seem to find a way to win games. Um, obviously, as Dickie said, Josh Stone's on the score sheet. Um, they signed him from Wigan in the week. So, uh, yeah. Um, as for Solihull, a bit of an interesting one, because they, they seem to have fallen off a little bit of late. Um, you know, a couple of defeats. Obviously, they had the FA Trophy win against Scunthorpe, but uh, Solihull seemed to have hit a bit of a wall. Um, and I did say a couple of weeks ago that I thought they might. Um, and, uh, yeah, Andy Wing will be a little bit a uh, little bit concerned that they seem to have um, come a cropper of late. Yeah. Two wins, but four losses in the last six for Solihull Moors. And I think that's on the bounce. Gateshead also started and ended the day on the same number of points as they took on FC Halifax Town. And if you spoke to Heed fans, they'd probably say they expected that because that was their 17th game now against Halifax in one guise or another. And uh, still, they're looking for their first win. It's a bit of a head scratcher, Joe, isn't it? Um what we do know is it's one of the league's more prolific sides up against the, the league's best defence and the league's best defence prevailed. Yeah, um, you know, Halifax are a good side, uh, a really good um, really good manager in Chris Millington. I think he does a fantastic job there. Sometimes doesn't get the praise he deserves, I add. Um, but yeah, good win for them to go away to Gateshead and keep them out um, is uh, a really good achievement. And um a goal in either half, Kane Thompson Sommers, uh, the first, and who else but Millie Alley. Um, he excited a couple of weeks ago when I saw him at the EBB and he did it again uh, yesterday. I think he had a uh, overhead uh, celebration for his uh, for his goal and uh, he'll be head over heels uh, for their win yesterday. Very good, Joe. Very good indeed. We mentioned earlier that Aldershot Town's blip was indeed just around the corner and it arrived in the shape of Eastleigh, who uh, moved also to within three points of the playoffs thanks to a 5-3 victory at the EBB. Ironic, really, that Aldershot have only lost twice at home all season and in both games they scored three goals. Um, It wasn't so much after the Lord Mayor's show. I want to give huge credit to Eastleigh we know of their prowess and, uh, you know, I, w- I was quoted prior to the game kicking off yesterday as saying that Eastley's front three are as good as anybody in the league. McCallum, Quigley and Maguire. And they duly went on to score four of the five goals between them. Um, I have to say Chris Maguire is another shoe-in for the National League team of the season. An absolute magician. Uh, Paul McCallum probably the man of the match and Jaden Harris returning to the EBB as well with a really strong performance. Full credit to Eastleigh, who were very good and, and very clinical. Aldershot actually had more efforts on goal in the game, but Eastleigh were brilliant. They pressed Aldershot to good effect and, uh, you know, unloaded players in possession for a couple of the goals. Um, a point of note for Aldershot, um, a lot of people would look at it from afar and say, oh, well, it was a game too far after the midweek uh, exploits at Stockport. But at 5-0 down, most teams who'd been through that in the week would have probably folded, but not all shot down. They came storming back with three goals. Um, and at one point, 13 minutes went up on the board. It was 5-3 at that point and shots fans dared to dream. But uh, in the end, two strikes from Josh Stokes and one from Jack Byram uh, weren't enough. But 
Um, for Eastley, Joe, I don't think there's any doubt that their forward line have got what it takes to make the playoffs, but have their defence. Certainly, if I was Richard Hill, um, I would like to look at yesterday and think that perhaps the fact that they were 5 nil up and were so comfortable in the scoreline is the reason why they then went and conceded three. Um, but certainly, they have got to improve prove that if they're going to uh, get into the top seven. I mean, they've got good defenders. Whether they defend as a unit and are good enough is the next question. But, um, yeah, I mean, if they keep scoring at the rate they are, um, then uh, they're going to be tough to beat. Um, you mentioned those three players there, and uh, McCallum's going to be a shoo-in to, to try and get the golden boot this year for the National League. He's been uh, brilliant. And, uh, yeah, a, a good win for, for Eastley. And I, th- I think for both of those teams... Um, but I expect Oldershot and Eastley both to be around the top seven uh, come the end of the season. I think it's perhaps just a case of both managers taking stock of where they are and thinking, how do we make that one or two tweaks to our team to allow us to be better defensively going into the second half? Yeah, fair enough. Richard Hill, the uh, Eastley boss, was quoted afterwards as saying, I believe this was a good time to play Oldershot. I know that we, I know how we were after we'd beaten Reading. Um, he said uh, it was a solid performance for just over an hour. We were clinical when we had to be, but it's just the other end of the field that I have to get right. For some reason, we just panic and implode. Uh, but yeah, mixed fortunes at the front and the back for those two sides and easily ultimately uh, prevailing on the day, which just closes up those bat- that battle for the playoffs. Um, rounding up the National League, Rochdale remained just outside the playoffs after a nil-nil draw at home to York City. Maidenhead incredibly uh, continue their rise up from the bottom four that they reached a couple of months ago. They are now up to 12th thanks to a 1-0 win over uh, Kiddy. Uh, Wealdstone pulled six points clear of relegation places with a 2-0 win at Dagenham and Redbridge. Uh, get your teeth in straight now, Rob. Adarqua and Aralacria. Uh, got the goals, and that's four wins in six now for Wealdstone, Joe. Yeah, uh, really much needed uh, upturn in fortunes for them. Um, it's interesting that the National League uh, tweeted before the game saying that Wealdstone hadn't won uh, all, uh, all year away from home and could this afternoon be the uh, the time they do that, and it was. And, uh, yeah, it was the A-team. Uh, that got uh, all three points for Wealdstone. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we we all had faith in them to turn it around. Stuart Maynard's a quality manager. And, uh, yeah, concerning times for Dagenham, on the other hand, who uh, couldn't bounce back from their FA Trophy exit. There was also much-needed three points. In fact, it's back-to-back wins for Luke Garrard's Boreham Wood, and that'll be a big relief to them. They actually climb up to 14th place in the table, and it looks a lot healthier for them. Um, Tom Whelan got them on the way early on and uh, Tyrone Marsh doubled the lead. Oxford City uh, did pull one back through Fleet, but that wasn't just back-to-back wins and a good three points for Luke Garrard's men, Joe. That was a response to the 4-0 victory. I beg your pardon, the 4-0 defeat they had at Oxford City earlier in the season. Yeah, um, and I think it's a sign of the character in this Bournemouth team. Um, you know, they may be struggling, but one thing you can uh, bet your bottom dollar with this Luke Garrard team is it's full of character and an experience. Um, and if they are to make sure they uh, don't finish in the bottom four, which I don't think they will, um, then, uh, you know, beating the likes of Oxford City um, is certainly, although it only gets them three points, it's a big six-pointer, really. So, uh, yeah. 
really good uh, afternoon for them and uh, good to see that they managed to hold on for their win. And finally in the National League, and our third mention of the day for Woking, who uh, got their first victory in seven in the Surrey Derby at uh, Dorking Wanderers, uh, over 2,600 at Meadowbank for that one. Um, and uh, Akinola put Woking ahead not too long before half-time, but McShane had levelled the assist coming from Charlie Carter, who's finally made his Dorking debut uh, and, of course, is a former card. Won all at half-time and the game looked to be heading for a pretty dour draw until uh, relatively new signing Paul Asu um, scored in the 85th minute um, a winner, which will come as a huge relief uh, for Woking, won't it, Joe? Absolutely. Um, and Michael Doyle was there, I believe, yesterday at Meadow Bank watching his uh, now newly team uh, get the win. Um, as you mentioned there, Paul Osu uh, signed recently, having had spells at AFC Wimbledon and, and Northampton, uh, predominantly a left back, but uh, been played a bit higher up for the cards. And uh, yeah, he obviously got the winner yesterday. So um, good start for, for Doyle in the wings. And quoted from uh, our friends at the non-league paper, interim, outgoing interim uh, cards boss Ian Dyer uh, said it might be uh, a line in the sand for us today with not only the result but the performance as well. The lads battled well and showed bags of character. We've had a really tough time of it lately, but with players returning from injury, I was hopeful that that win was round the corner. I'm really pleased for the lads today. And I think Ian Dyer um, has uh, had a number of plaudits really um, the results haven't really been there for Woking, but once again, he's sort of steadied the ship there while they uh, go through another managerial change. Yeah, and uh, I'm really pleased to see that Woking have actually kept him on. Um, he's going to stay on as Michael Doyle's assistant um, and Scott Cuthbert, the defender, is going to stay on as a player coach um, with the cards. Um, whilst uh, Ben Turner, formerly of Notts County, uh, he's joined uh, as also a first-team coach at Woking. So, uh, yeah. Ian Dyer's a good coach. Nice to see him stay. We're going to have a look next at the National League North. You probably think you're pretty good at multitasking behind the wheel. I mean, you have to multitask to drive. So what's wrong with checking your phone? The thing is, your brain simply doesn't work. For quick reply, affects your concentration and makes you less able to react to hazards. If you use a mobile phone while driving, you're four times more likely to crash. Think. Put your phone away. OK, Joe, um, we don't have Dickie with us today. Thanks, Dickie, for uh, your uh, report from Solihull Moors. That was much appreciated and good to, to listen to. But let's wrap up the National League North briefly in uh, Dickie's absence. Let's start at the top. Um, there's two sides, really battling it out for the uh, title, Joe. And I think they both got it done, didn't they, in, in, in resounding home wins? Yeah, Scunthorpe and, and Tamworth both winning comfortably. Uh, Scunthorpe beating Chorley 3-0. Two goals from Danny Whitehall. He continues to uh, be so good in front of goal. Um, he got one from the spot and their third to make to make sure the points um, were goal in between that from uh, Connor Smith. Um, and for Tamworth, yeah, a really good win for them, sort of getting them back on form. Uh, 4-0 win, goals from Ben Shakuna, Ben Akwe, uh, Chris Ray uh, just joined from Hartlepool on loan. 
uh, formerly of Banbury, uh, and Kyle Finn getting the uh, fourth goal to finish off the afternoon uh, for the Rams. You can throw a net over the uh, next eight teams in the National League North. And uh, one of the reasons for that is third place South Shields being a little bit held up in their own progress on Saturday. But what for me was the most eye-catching and unexpected win of the day, Mr. Sembi Ferris, uh, up to his old tricks again for Peterborough Sports, Joe. Yeah, and uh, the, the management at Peterborough Sports are doing a brilliant job. Uh, one of the lower budgets in the league, uh, threw in the FA Trophy, um, having beaten Dagenham. Um, and uh, a big win yesterday for them away at South Shields, who are no mugs themselves. Um, and you mentioned Dion Semby Ferris there. Um, really good signing uh, for them. Obviously, formerly of the sports, uh, he signed from, from Scunthorpe on loan, and uh, he's really impressing for them. Uh, a goal yesterday, and uh, yeah, big, big win for them. And Joe, he's always the first, uh, you're always the first to admit when you've uh, had a shocking prediction, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some kudos here because you've been batting for Hereford all season. You said that they'd come good and they have. Um, it was just a modest 1-0 win at uh, struggling uh, bottom of the table side, Bishop Stortford on Saturday. But they've moved up to uh, fourth place now, joint third, in fact. Yeah, they, they're going about their business quite nicely. Um, obviously, Bishop Stortford, as you say, struggling. Um, not the hardest of games for Hereford there. But, um, yeah, a, a good win. A goal from Yusuf Cisse. Uh, and, uh, yeah, a good win for them. Who it, I, I did um, wonder whether or not I'd been too hard on the Hereford agenda at the start, given that they were so slow uh, in uh, getting up to to scratch but uh, they've improved of late and uh, whilst I'll be banging the drum for them all season I won't be banging the drum for them in the next round of the FA Trophy but uh, yeah <laughs> uh, good afternoon for, for Paul Callis's men Yes uh, when Hereford meet Torquay uh, in the new year both of them could be on uh, some excellent runs uh, they certainly are at the moment um, elsewhere in the playoff positions in the north Curzon Ashton got the job done against Brackley Town who were just outside them a fine three points for Curzon there. And uh, Chester, well, they couldn't score, but they didn't concede either in a nil-nil against Boston. Um, as for Alfreton Town, you could have forgiven them for uh, carrying a bit of fatigue and, uh, you know, tiredness into their home game against Blythe Spartans. But uh, there was no evidence of it, according to the scoreline, Joe. No, absolutely. Uh, easy win for them in the end, as the scoreline suggests. 3-0 win against Blythe Spartans, who seem to be struggling a little bit at the moment. Uh, goals from Lewis Salmon, Jordan Thewlis had them 2-0 in front before a goal from Jake Day with 10 minutes left, uh, wrapped it up. And uh, yeah, as you'd expect from Billy Heath, is a uh, really good manager and got a good side there. And I expected them to bounce back and they did. Yeah, and another side involved in the FA Cup games in midweek who also got a home win. And they had a real cutting edge, didn't they, uh, Scarborough? Rutledge. Yeah, yeah, and uh, two of the sharper shooters uh, in the National League North uh, on, on show, Aidan Rutledge with a hat-trick for, for Scarborough. That's now uh, four goals in five games for him. He's on loan from Gateshead, one that I uh, pointed out on my blog. Uh, we did a feature on him. Uh, and a goal for Danny Waldron. Uh, he's in really good form. In my opinion, the best player in the division this season uh, for Russian Olympic. And uh, he got another goal to his tally, even if they couldn't come away with uh, something from that game. 
Yeah, two sides who uh, haven't given up interest on the playoff positions met, and uh, it's great to see because I pick him every year to be my top scorer in the National League North. Glenn Taylor back on the score sheet for Spennymore, but it wasn't enough, was it? They went down 3 2 to Buxton thanks to a 90 plus 2 penalty from Diego de Girolamo. That looks like a cracking game, that one. Yeah, uh, five-goal thriller there. Um, more thrilling if you're a Buxton fan, of course. But uh, it kind of bucks the trend uh, recently for Buxton because um, we all had sort of had them in and around the playoffs, but they've been struggling recently under Craig Elliott. But that's a massive win for them. Uh, they're still capable of being in and around that top seven. And if they are going to do that, they need to beat teams like Spennymore, who will probably be there themselves. So, uh, yeah, mm. to... Uh, to, to get pegged back twice and then find a way to win it late on is a uh, massive for the for that team morale. Yeah, Darlington uh, went to Gloucester, both of those two sides in the bottom four, and they changed places by the end of the day because a goal uh, in just the ninth minute got the job done for Darlington. So they moved to within five points of safety now. It's Rush All Olympic that are just outside the relegation positions. And in the other two games, Banbury drew one all with uh, Farsley Celtic, uh, a goal seven minutes from time, earning the home side a point. And Kingsland and Warrington Town couldn't be separated uh, in any way at all. They drew nil nil. And uh, so Kingsland, uh, fourth bottom, only a point from safety, Joe, but some doubts uh, cited by the chairman, Stephen Cleave, that they'll even finish the season. Yeah, um, obviously we don't like to see it with uh, teams struggling financially at this level. Unfortunately, we have too many of them. Um, but it, it looks as if uh, Stephen Cleave says they need 300,000 to uh, to be able to see out the season. Um, so obviously that's worrying times for them and hopefully they can, uh, can turn that around. It's been a bit of a killing season for them. Uh, obviously nowhere near the, the top seven and and now problems off the field as well. So hopefully they can uh, get that all sorted and be lift to fight another day. In the National League South, the top two uh, prior to kickoff met at uh, Hewish Park, Joe, and they couldn't be separated, could they? We go from one nil nil in the National League North to uh, one to start our coverage of the South. Yeah, um, nil-nil draw, um, really good point on the road for Hampton and Richmond. Uh, another afternoon in which Mark Cooper uh, will berate the fact that his strikers are missing uh, good chances. Um, I did have to have a little chuckle to myself uh, after the game when Mark Cooper says that he needs some more strikers. Um, I had to uh, have a little laugh there because uh, they've got some really good strikers anyway there. Um, so, uh, yeah, a, a good point for Hampton. Uh, disappointing for Yeovil, who uh, dropped more points. And uh, whilst um, Hampton and Richmond and Yeovil drew, uh, Torquay United popped up into second place. Now, um, I'm guessing yesterday, Joe, that certainly around 12, 13 minutes it was Gary out. But by the uh, end of the game, it was Gary back in again, wasn't it? Yeah, in and out, shake it all about. Um, yeah, it was um, a good win in the end. Um, probably a deserved win, even though it came late. Um, we started the game really poorly. Credit to Hamill. Um, I thought that they actually played better than their league table position suggests. A uh, goal from Joe Akiafano, uh, who played really well, and a goal from Carla Jehi, um put them 2-0 up. But Importantly, um, it was a bit of unrest from the, the home side, but we responded well. Goals from Ryan Hansen uh, and Ethan Archer 
Um, just a word on him. He looks to be a brilliant talent, someone that Johnson's found playing for three bridges. Uh, he's done really, really well. Um, but it was Dean Moxie, uh, the old wily head. Uh, he got the goal with a couple of minutes left after a brilliant cross from Brett McGavin. Um, and then the referee, who I have to say is probably one of the worst I've seen at this level for some time, uh, sent Brent McGavin off uh, for... How dare he, Joe? For what we don't know, um, we were in shock um, as to why he got uh, uh, take or sent off. Uh, Eleven yellow cards yesterday. The referee gave out. Clearly, he didn't get many Christmas cards through the post. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, uh, good win for for Torquay and uh, up to second. All right, and uh, just uh, two other teams that met within the top seven. Joe, were uh, Maidstone and Worthing. Maidstone have been getting all the plaudits of late. And you've just been scratching your head about Worthing, who uh, haven't really shown for a little while what they can do, but they did yesterday. Yeah, um, a really good win for Worthing. Uh, much needed as well, because they've uh, stuttered a little bit of late, um, I'd say. Um, but a five-star display from them yesterday, winning 5-1. Um, Olu Pierce with a hat-trick. Um, and... Uh, yeah, to um, to only concede one is kind of an achievement in itself for Worthing, um, having conceded four uh, in a third of their games so far this season. Um, it's well, we've tried to tried to get uh, George Ellacobi on the podcast all season, um, and it certainly wouldn't have been the time to get him on today. Uh, and we even tried to get Bivesh Guren on the podcast, and it certainly wouldn't be the day to get him on as well. He got his marching orders halfway through the first half uh, for what appears to be a nasty challenge uh, on Odai Martin. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, a win for Worthing and a um, little blip for Maidstone after, I believe, Maidstone beat Worthing 4-0 uh, in the replay uh, at Maidstone. So, a bit of getting their own back for Worthing. Mm. And don't you worry, Bivesh, we didn't call you this week. We're not stupid, but we will be calling you. Um, as he has said, he will come on the podcast at some point. Um, right, completing a tidy little group of matches in the National League South, in the top seven, the third pair of teams met, didn't they? Avely and Braintree. And Braintree it was that closed to within one point of Avely now, uh, thanks to a 20th minute goal. Yeah, um, Angela Harrop continues to do um, a great job at Braintree. Uh, 1-0 win for them yesterday. Tom Blackwell, formerly of Chelmsford, with the only goal of the game. Um, and I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, that's now six games without a win for Avely uh, in the National League South. Um, so Danny Scopes will be uh, a little bit concerned. But, um, yeah, a, a good win for, for Braintree. Um, if, you know, if they're going to finish in the top seven, you always need to try and beat the teams around you. Um, so they did that. And uh, good afternoon. Yeah, level on points with Braintree are in seventh place, but just outside the playoffs are Bath City. And uh, they could only bring a point back from Dover. That will have been a disappointment for them. Dover, the bottom club, stranded at the bottom, 10 points adrift of safety and uh, somewhat of a morale boost in point for them, Joe. Yeah, um, Jake LaBelle's not really had a lot to uh, to write home about um, so far, uh, but that'll be an encouraging point for them. Um, as for Bath, obviously, they always say try and win your home games and, and draw your games on the road, but that would have certainly been one that they looked at uh, expecting to win. Um, so for them not to be able to do that is um, 
disappointing, but uh, yeah, good win for or good point, sorry, for, for Dover. We mentioned last week that Dartford were gradually pulling things round um, and uh, creeping a little bit closer towards the playoff places, but I think uh, they were on the end of what was probably the result of the day in the National League South, uh, Joe. Tunbridge Angels 4, Dartford nil. discuss. Yeah, um, easy win in the end uh, for Tombridge. A uh, bit of a nightmare 12-minute spell for Dartford in the first half. Uh, goal from Jordan Greenidge, uh, Lewis Gard, and then uh, Dabra, uh, Mo Dabra, formerly of Chelmsford, uh, to make it 3-0 for Tombridge. Uh, and then Jordan Greenidge managed to get a second with 12 minutes remaining. Uh, Tombridge themselves are ninth in the division now, I believe, and uh, a, a big win for them uh, again against the Dartford side, who I imagine will probably be in and around sort of those last couple of places in the playoffs. Um, so a big three points for Jay Saunders. Other teams outside the playoffs, but still hopeful of finishing in them. Uh, well, flattered to deceive on uh, on Saturday. Chelmsford City lost 2-1 at uh, St Albans. And Farnborough could only get a 2 old draw at uh, Slough Town with uh, Falivi on the score sheet. I don't know if he wears number seven, but he scored in the 7th and the 77th minutes uh, yesterday uh, for Farnborough against Scott Davis's men. And then Western Supermare are 12th. And, of course, they had that heroic FA Trophy win against Woking in the week, Joe. But uh, they found themselves in another one of those uh, southwest derbies yesterday against Truro. Just tell us what happened in that one. Yeah, well, they came out on the wrong side of another 3-2. Um, and it was Truro uh, that won that one. Um, again, another uh, disastrous 12-minute spell, a bit like Dartford, uh, Western Supermare had gone in front through Dodd, uh, but three goals in 12 minutes from uh, the White Tigers. Uh, Will Dean, Harvey Greenslade and uh, Ryan Law putting Truro in control. Uh, Western Supermare did manage to get a goal back in the 84th minute, like they got a goal in the 84th minute during the week against Woking. Uh, Jacob Jagger Kane uh, with the goal, but uh, it wasn't to be for Western Supermare and a much-needed win for Truro, two teams down there uh, near the bottom. Just a quick point on the other two games. Uh, looks as if we finally rebooted the Vidi printer, uh, but Sean Jeffers is back on the score sheet uh, for St Albans. Uh, and a uh, little point on the Slough game. Uh, Scott Davis, as he said, that it was nice to see a Slough-Farnborough game without any fan troubles. Uh, I know they played earlier in the season and there was a lot of uh, troubles uh, in the stands. Uh, so nice for that game to be uh, fairly hassle-free. Just a point yeah, to... and just going back to that Western Supermare game, um, we did mention last week we had a good old chat about the new investment at Truro. So uh, they'll be pleased to see a bit of a return on that with that uh, 3-2 win there. Chippenham and Weymouth couldn't be separated. Chippenham took the lead in the first half. Weymouth equalised just after half-time. And... Uh, Two sides battling it out in the bottom four are Welling and Eastbourne Borough. And uh, you've talked a lot this season, Joe, about uh, how uh, manager Beard um, has struggled a bit um, down at Eastbourne. He signed his son this week, didn't he, from Barnet, and uh, they got the job done at Welling. They did. Uh, tough place to go, Welling. Um, and uh, it was a, a good win on the road uh, for them. Uh, Carter with the first and then Callum Keeley. Uh, in the second half, really good centre forward uh, that they signed earlier in the season. Uh, he got the second goal uh, for them. And uh, just a note on the, the Chippen and Weymouth game, uh, debut goal for Harry Parsons, signed from Maidenhead 
uh, United earlier in the week. Uh, he got uh, a debut goal. Good stuff. Just the one other game, and you hinted at it earlier, Joe. Um, it's back-to-back wins, isn't it, for having a Waterlooville finally starting to get it together, and they dare to dream of survival. They're now eight points off it, which is a lot better than the 11 or 12 that they were a couple of weeks ago. Absolutely. Uh, turned the corner, and it's amazing how down at the bottom, if you can just string a couple of results together, uh, you can put yourselves back in uh, the mix. Um, I'd be interested to see or hear from some of their fans as to what they think's been the catalyst to uh, uh, turn their form around, because they were so poor under Steve King and uh, Jamie Collins, and then I've gone one a couple on the bounce. So, uh, yeah, good win for them. I'm hoping that uh, it goes the way uh, in midweek, uh, as it did this Saturday, because obviously haven't a Waterlooville uh, beat Hemel Hempstead uh, on Wednesday night, and then uh, Torquay went and gave Hemel a good beating. So uh, I'm hoping that uh, it's the same uh, this week with haven't beating Taunton, with Taunton playing Torquay in a rearranged game on uh, Tuesday night. Will you lead us on nicely to the midweek games? Will you be going to Taunton? I will. Um, I'll be at Taunton Torquay for that one. Uh, as to what Torquay team is out, uh, we'll wait to see. Another couple of injuries for Torquay yesterday uh, and obviously no Brett McGavin uh, or Sir Brett McGavin now as his proper name. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, hopefully get to a little bit of action. Uh, quite fairly local to me. So looking forward to that one. Yeah, Torquay on a great run, but can they do it on a cold Tuesday night at Taunton Town without Brett McGavin? Joe, uh, go and find out on our behalf and, and perhaps we can cut a deal here um, on Tuesday night. Win, lose or draw. Can you try and get word from the winning manager or the winning camp on that one midweek for us? Well, if it's Gary Johnson that's the winning manager, I expect he'll be darting down the tunnel. Um, and uh, But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll try and get some, uh, some audio, um, see if I can uh, speak to uh, the Taunton goalkeeper as well. Uh, went to school with Dan Lavercombe uh, and he's in brilliant form for Taunton this year. So, uh, yeah, really good uh, weekend or midweek of action in store. A couple of games there, isn't there, Rob? Yeah, Western Supermare are playing Chippenham as well and uh, Slough Town will take on Hemel. In the National League, North Banbury play Chorley, Gloucester City play Curzon Ashton and let's not forget the Isuzu FA Trophy third round in which Wealdstone will finally hope to play against Bill Ricky. Um, that's it for another week. It's been quite enjoyable, Joe, just the two of us having a good old chit-chat, um, as we often do uh, over, the, uh, over the phone today. We've done it on the pod. Thanks to our producer, Luke, for uh, producing um, and editing, as he, as he always does. Much appreciated, Luke, and uh, play the theme tune.